0: perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado and as always celebrate
1: this is Joe Cole
0: this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek and you're listening to the London
2: London Blue 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 Podcast Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Nick, I'm Nick, and I'm hosting this show. It's gone completely off the rails. The whole thing is we're, we're, we're going for doom, but we had to record an emergency podcast after the Chelsea women advanced to the Champions League semifinals by throttling Wolfsburg 3-0. I had to bring back Andre from the Frank Kirby Fight Club. Uh, Andre, how are we doing tonight, bud?
3: Oh, I'm great. Uh, I'm so great. This was this was such a fun day, uh, and I was not expecting it to be a very fun day. I thought it was going to be stressful. So, thank you, Chelsea.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember us talking after the last semifinal last week, and you know, we thought it'd be a pretty cagey affair, and you know, we we knew that Wolfsburg would have to to come at Chelsea, and then you know, to go up two nil relatively early in the match kind of settled things down a little bit, which was nice, and I think. Uh, the women got to enjoy a banner day, which was pretty great. Uh, first up, though, some fun stuff, some interesting stuff. Uh, we, we never get to have fun on the show, so this is good. Uh, big shouts to the Chelsea Women Supporters Group. Uh, they sent uh, the injured Marin Mielda uh, an incredible care package, in which she retweeted. Uh, I think it's just an acknowledgement that she's not there to, to celebrate this day, Andre, where, where she certainly would have been starting. Um had to be a, a nice little gesture for, her.
3: yeah, it was really great to see and i and I love the connection between the supporters' group and the players. the players you know a lot of times you'll hear you know every player on really any team say, oh, you know, oh, we miss the fans, no, this team absolutely misses the fans. I think once fans are able to be there, you will see and you will hear in King's Meadow that kind of appreciation and love for the team and the players because it's real, man. Like, this team has quite the connection with its fans, and it's not just lip service that a lot of other players <laughs> pay to it. Like, yeah, we miss our fans. You know, they miss performing in front of a crowd, but Chelsea actually misses their fans, and it's great to see. H-
2: having been to Kings Meadow, I will say it's it's an intimate football ground. Yeah. It's uh, it's not, uh, I think, off basis to say uh, that the Chelsea women will have heard a lot of individuals in that stadium. Uh, and I just, I, I know that they do. And my hope is that before the end of the season, uh, the UK can get the the virus under control enough for there to be at least a smattering of fans in the stands. This team deserves it of yeah. all the teams that Chelsea women have ever put out there. This team absolutely deserves it. And uh, so, yeah, get well, Marin Mielda and also get back in the stands fans. Um, yes. Second fun thing, Andre, Andre, Safely, obviously, Mas- <laughs> masks and-, and vaccines and all that. Uh, Tiago Silva decided uh, last summer he was going to join Chelsea. And when he joined Chelsea, he joined Chelsea. <laughs> the whole club. He's everywhere doing everything. He's cheerleading in the stands against Atletico Madrid for the men. He's watching uh, the Chelsea women on TV and putting on his IG story, which only broadens the reach of this team you know, to, to fans of his. Uh, It's just, it's what you do as a captain, you know?
3: Yeah, I was so excited to see that just because it was was so, like, I think for me it wasn't just like, oh, look, he's aware of the women's team. It was like, this dude is, like, super Chelsea right now. (laughs) Like, the the, the thing in the stands was so pure and so fun to see. And then you see him just kind of, like, hanging out, you know, watching the Chelsea match and, and, you know, in the Champions League. And it's like, I mean... It's just awesome to see that kind of support. I mean, obviously also the players know that, you know, they feel that they feel connected to the club. And that's I think that is the one thing that Chelsea gets most right about all of their clubs, really, um, that a lot of teams don't. A lot of other big clubs don't is that Chelsea is really like (laughs) I hate to say a family because it almost feels like Chelsea is also a business. And every time a business starts calling you family, that means a bad thing. But I mean, Chelsea with like the youth teams with the women's team and obviously the the men's first team, it all feels so connected and the players like to support each other, like to watch each other and all of that. It's, it's, it's awesome. I think it's really, really good. And it was cool to see um, Tiago Silva, who is no stranger to any champions league competition, uh, watching the women and rooting them on.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Look, what we're going to discuss in this match review is just these women. That's what we're going to (laughs) discuss. They they were Absolutely brilliant today. They won 5-1 on aggregate against a team they had never beaten before in the Champions League. Uh, we have a ton to talk about, so I'm, I won't belabor this too much. Uh, I put out a really late uh, and, and fraudulent three-word match review call, and that's on me today. Uh, we, we decided late on we are going to do this emergency pod, so uh, please blame at Nick Verlani for all of your uh, <laughs> worries about this. Uh, but we did have a couple uh, and and I uh will uh, reach the most uh fraudulent one last, but Preston Adams with the alvido San Wolfsburg, which I thought <laughs> very nice well done and then and then it fell off the rails quite a bit dan uh Dan dormer um who I believe is the worst person in the world uh. <laughs> <laughs> he he had to come at me with the "Why not us?" Which of course I believe for the Chelsea women, it's the men that I worry about. Like, come on, all right. Uh, and then our board general Ellie with the "Why not us?" Hive assemble, everybody's in. That's what we're doing. So uh, look, uh, we we have to do our own. It would be it wouldn't be right if we didn't. I'm going with a classic, and all timer, and that is Emma Hayes Army. This is her team. This is her club. She is the absolute mastermind.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's a good one. And and actually, before I read yours, I was a little disappointed because I was going to call Emma Hayes too. So so instead, I went with my continuing to be unoriginal with these. Every time I come (laughs) in, I'm very unoriginal. So uh, Samantha May Kerr is what I got. First, middle, last, gave her whole government name. Uh, That's what I'm going with.
2: Either you're in trouble when you do that, or it's a really good thing. So, or you can I think just want really, a Champions
3: League tie because you're great.
2: Yeah, it's a really good thing in this instance. Uh, I'm skipping over the Patreon, the Apple podcast, all that stuff uh, because Dan usually does that, and I was too lazy. Um, so that that's kind of how that goes. I love you all. I just didn't didn't have time to do it. A little bit of housekeeping. We uh, released the first episode of the King's Road podcast today, the solo podcast effort by one Joe Tweeds uh, on our platform. He's he's a part of the LIBP family now. Uh, He's producing his own show called The King's Road. It is absolutely excellent. You should definitely spend time listening to it. Uh, In the first episode, Joe tackles the thing that we've tackled a lot on the show, and that is the club structure and the vision for the club moving forward. And he measures against clubs like Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Barcelona, and Brighton and Hove Albion, uh, which is a shocker for a lot of people. Um, I'm interested. Yep. Not, <laughs> see, now that's like the that's the little bait that you got to put on there, um, and and it's super good. I mean, Joe's done an incredible job. Our editor Jake has done an incredible job, made up custom music for this show. Like it's, it you know, I didn't know Joe was going to come in and make a better show than ours, but that's okay. Um, so he's part of the family now. So you can find that in our feed uh, every every time it's produced. The podcast is free. The newsletter, the Kings Road newsletter, is on the Patreon. You have to subscribe for that. Uh, we are not doing a locker room this week. It's Easter weekend. Dan's getting LASIK surgery on Saturday. Brandon's moving on Sunday. And I'm going back home to see my family for the first time in eight months this weekend. So uh, there's too much going on. And frankly, you know, we play West Brom this weekend. So it is what it is. Uh, we will have a West Brom match review on Monday. And a Porto match review next Wednesday after the or yeah or Thursday I guess after the Champions League tie on Wednesday. So whew, housekeeping out of the way. Okay, into the good stuff, Andre. This is this is where we where we dive in. Look, we we played Wolfsburg. It was in the Champions League. It was on Wednesday, March thirty first. Uh, it was at the Ferenc Souza Stadium. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Whatever. We're, we got it. Cool. Um, look. Uh, I believe the scoreline was uh, I'm I'm reading a zero by the Wolfsburg team uh, and a three by Chelsea Football Club uh, women's team I'm going to pass it over to the fifth stand at for the audio because uh, why listen to me tell you about the goals when you can hear them yourself
4: Decent pressure this has been in these last minutes as Hoot a Cross headed out pretty comfortably by Jess Carter they score so many goals and win so many games. They'll have the confidence that they can do this, Wolfsburg, no doubt about it. This is Rauch coming forward. Oh, it's an awkward cross. It's over Berger and it's poked out in the nick of time by Captain Erickson. Thank goodness she was there because Payal had a tap in. Oh, that's a brilliant ball from Harder to Kerr. Down she goes. Big decision to make here. Penalty. Well, it took a while, the decision to come, but this is a huge moment. Sarah Dawson with the challenge. What a pass from Herder. And then... Well, that is tight. Inside, outside. Chelsea won't care, it's a spot kick. Chance for an away goal. Penilla Harder is the X Factor again. The first leg last week and the opener here away goal for Chelsea after all that early Wolfsburg pressure what a moment could be crucial what have they got by way of response they've got England coming forward for a start Rolfo here Pio! had to score she boots the post in frustration. How she missed it. It would have been an instant response. What a chance and what a let off. <laughs> Carter back to Sophie Ingle. Sam Kerr, she's held that up. Well, she scored. Made one, scored one. And it's Dreamland, because it's 2-0, and what a huge five minutes we've seen here. The blues penalty, the pay or miss, and now that fantastic centre forwards goal from Sam Kerr. Her 20th of the season in all competitions. Wolfsburg need four. It's a beautiful touch that from Harder. So delicately done. She's got Kirby, she's got G, and it has just got through to Frank Kirby. Now it's G, left or right? She goes right. Frank Kirby! 3-0! They're not just knocking out Wolfsburg here, they are smashing them. It's 5-1, and no one deserves a goal in this time more than Frank Kirby. G had options, two of Chelsea's oldest recruits combining so nicely. The added time is up. There's the whistle. It's a huge moment in the history of Chelsea's women, this. Fourth time lucky, they've beaten Wolfsburg. Never mind what follows, it's a big deal this for Emma Hayes and her players. But what follows... Is a Champions League semi-final, almost certainly against Bayern
3: Munich.
2: 3-0 on the day, 5-1 on aggregate. All right, Andre, let's get into the lineups here, because it, it, we, we talked about this the last time that you were on, how the 4-3-3 was maybe not the right formation to play against Wolfsburg. The midfield got overrun. And it was maybe a little bit slow in plotting at times, and and the ball didn't move around quick enough. Emma Hayes obviously listened to the show, um, based based her entire tactics forward off of what we said, (laughs) and uh, she went with a little bit of a different formation. Do you want to kind of uh, shape the uh, shape the formation up for us?
3: Yeah, so it was actually a very interesting formation. I think it was a it kind of played out as kind of like a four four two. Chelsea played a little bit deeper than they usually do, but they always had two forwards up to kind of press the, the center backs and the full backs um, when they went And We'll talk about what Emma Hayes was doing about all of that later, but um, yeah, it was, it was Ann Katrin Berger at goalkeeper uh, left back was Jana Anderson. And then you had Magda Erickson next to Millie Bright, which was your central defender uh, central defensive partnership. And you had a new right back third choice, right back as Nick mentioned earlier, Mary is injured. Neve Charles picked up a yellow card for a perfectly fine tackle. Incredible first tackle! Leg. Great tackle, but should have been given it an up, award. For she, the she really should have. Instead, she was given a yellow card, and she had to be she had to miss this match for her yellow card accumulation. So Jess Carter, who was actually a young player of the year in two thousand seventeen, we'll talk about her a little bit more later. <laughs> uh, your midfielders were Aaron Cuthbert, Sophie Ingle, Melanie Loopholes, and Fran Kirby, who also kind of. Swap places with Pernell Harder um, pretty often. I think they kind of spelled each other with all the pressing that they were doing uh, up top. But your two uh, forwards were Sam Kerr uh, and Pernell Harder or Fran Kirby, <laughs> depending on what they felt like doing at the time.
2: So, kind of an offset, maybe 4 4 a little bit more shaded on the right. And, and maybe you get a third attacker in there if you need to. Yeah. All right. Uh, bench of Zachira Musevich, uh, Hannah Blundell, Bethany England. Carly Telford, Georgia Fox, Agnes Beaver Jones, unused substitutes. Um, Drew Spence coming on. Yeah. Loved, love to see it. Jesse Fleming, Girl Wrighton, and Ji So Yoon uh, making their appearances. Uh, look, it's we're gonna get into the individual highlights of these players produce, all that kind of stuff. This was, you know, I think from a tactics perspective, Andre, it's important that we call out that because of the way that Wolfsburg hit us with width in the first, uh, in the first time, and, and we're pretty dangerous with it, to be fair, Th- this tactical substitution had to happen. Uh, we had to make this work. And so I think that not only the formation, but I think a little bit more of a, a conservative Chelsea, not, not as all gas, no breaks Chelsea, as we've <laughs> seen, seen in the past, yes. probably all of that contributed to what these stats say, which if you remember Chelsea faced something like 22 shots in the first game so this is uh, you know far better uh showing defensively uh Wolfsburg had eight shots two on target to Chelsea's five shots four on target so much more of a defensive kg game Wolfsburg 52 percent possession uh didn't outpass Chelsea uh barely out accuracy Chelsea uh more fouls uh and not as many offsides so they weren't trying as hard. Um, th- this this was not Chelsea being ball dominant. This was Chelsea springing counterattacks brilliantly. Give us a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a tactical analysis of how Chelsea uh, broke this game, game down, Andre.
3: Yeah, so real quick on the offsides. There are at least two or three of those that weren't offside at all. Uh, so that was really unfortunate to see. We really need the standard of refereeing to improve in the women's game. But I will get off of that soapbox and, and answer the question you asked. Um, will you? Chill? <laughs> I will. I will. I promise. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really good. I think I think the biggest tactical change, and this is something that we talked about last time, was our midfield was slow uh, when it had Sophie Engel, Ji So Yoon, and uh, Melanie Looples. Now Melanie Looples has a motor. She is not a like very fast player, but she is a player that can cover space very well. Um, and she's very intelligent on the ball. Sophie Engel is a little bit slower of foot, uh, not as fast, um, doesn't have the good, you know, <clears throat> doesn't turn very well sometimes when, when players get behind her, she doesn't recover very well. And G is kind of the same way. So I think that G So-Yoon uh, substitution where basically she was left on the bench and Aaron Cuthbert was in there. And if you know anything about Aaron Cuthbert, uh, she is kind of a maniac. She she is extremely fun. She is a very creative player. But more than that, uh, Emma Hayes has allowed her to be um, kind of a new, new era, uh, new modern era type central midfielder. She is all over the place. She has a ridiculous motor. She runs at players. She steals the ball. She, she knows how to um, control possession when she gets a shot at the ball. She does not mind sticking her foot in. She does not mind a sliding tackle. She does not mind you know, diving in with, with, with both feet, obviously not to injure anybody, but she goes in there strong to try and win the ball and create a physical presence in midfield. And I think that more than anything really changed the tie from what we saw. Like Nick said, there were 22 shots that Wolfsburg got, and basically they got those shots by just bypassing our midfield. They were not able to do that at all in this match. So they tried to funnel out wide, and that's where having that wide kind of 4-4-2 really helped. We always had cover on the on the flanks, either or, because Wolfsburg's whole deal was to try to overload and then cross the ball in, and they had chances, mm-hmm. but they didn't have as many as, la- as the previous match. And once uh, once Emma Hayes made those changes, it was really difficult for them. And then we scored. That made it very difficult. I was about <laughs> to say
2: that Wolfsburg's uh, shots on goal were not nearly as dangerous as their shots that they barely put uh, either off the bar or barely wide. <laughs> um, right. So, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a deceiving uh, statistic. We are going to go to an ad break really quickly so that we can dive into the, the heart of this uh, match. Uh, thank you, the sponsors, for financially supporting the show, and we will be right back.
5: Emma, huge performance. Yeah. Fourth well, time
1: lucky for you. What does this mean for you? I, I said it at the end of the game. People like Drew and Hannah, Carly, myself, Paul, we've been here from the beginning, and we've had to lose eight times in the past to that team. So I know how it feels. So to make the progress we've made and showing the investment the club's made in all of us is I think probably the biggest win in Chelsea's history in my time here. So yeah, I'm I'm extremely, I think proud and yeah, grateful.
5: And you mentioned biggest win in Chelsea's history. Mm. Where does this rank personally for you in your career?
1: Well, I could tell you a load of platitudes, but I'm not. What I'm going to tell you about is the lots of middle of the night, waking up, scribbling down notes about what we need to do to get here, and the amount of countless hours my staff have put in to recruitment, to all the fine details to get us to this level, to make sure that we, when we're in this position we can close it out with the quality in the training, the quality in the personnel, the quality of the recruitment, the quality of the analysis. And I know that thousands of hours have gone in just getting this win today. So for me, this is I'm really proud of my staff.
5: And you know, a lot of people might have written us off after the first leg mm. based on that performance, but you've come back mm. and uh, we dominated throughout that. How important was it to get that first goal pretty <clears> early
1: on? I think for me, the, the what I wanted was a brave performance from the team. I, I, I had... Uh, complete confidence that we would get the win today, but when the players cross the line, they have to deliver that. And I think that, that, that we had belief from winning in the first leg by not playing. We didn't play well. We were probably 60% of what we're capable of. Um, we've reflected on what we needed to do, and we got all the details right today in both legs. So, yeah, I'm like I think I think like I said I'm I'm proud, but it's not enough. I want more.
5: And, and there were a lot of standout performances today, mm-hmm. you know, goals from Kerr, Kirby, Pernilla, mm. you know. But then you look at Jess Carter, you know, fourth start of the season. Mm. What do you make of that?
1: I think, first of all, Jess coming in shows, once again, why every day matters. And I say that to her, you have to train like it's your last, you have to put everything into to be in the top professional, even when you don't get the minutes. And today she got reward for that. I think for Millie, Magda, Yonor, I thought it was a superb performance in the back four. I think in the first game, we got run rag- ragged. And so for me, the foundations for us are at the back. So huge credit to Millie, Magda, Yonor, and Jess today, because they made Anne's life a lot easier. Thank goodness.
5: And obviously we don't know the opponent yet, but we're yeah. coming up to the semis next. Going in yeah.
1: confident? Uh, Do you know what? I'm just going to take this in. I've waited a long time for this feeling, so I'm going to have a nice cup of tea, get my breath, reflect on the work we've done. And I always say this is important to enjoy this, and I'm going to enjoy every last bit of sunshine before I get on the plane, before I think about the next game. Enjoy it, Anna. Thank Thank you so much.
2: All right, Andre, uh, point number one uh, is is probably point number one, almost every week. Now Uh, we're talking about Emma Hayes because uh, it was clear from not only the in-game audio that you heard (laughs) that we'll, (laughs) we'll break down here in a second, but also the post match press conference and emotional Emma Hayes um, you know, we're going to pull in the soundbite here so you don't have to listen to me uh, not be emotional on the, on the, on the, uh, on the podcast here, but uh, I will say Emma Hayes is as emotional as I've probably ever seen her. Uh, I think this meant something to her. Um, she put out a tweet earlier today saying, I've waited a long time for today, thousands of hours from everyone to get to this point. I could not be more proud as the manager of this team to our fans. We heard you the whole time heart. I, Andre, th- Let's play Let's play her comments in full so that we can get the context. We'll, we'll be right back to your to your thoughts because there's a lot to break down here.
0: Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, really hope that's us, and access to our community discord and e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all of the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box of this episode to find out more but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join come hang out with us we love blue wire you won't be disappointed all right andre uh emotions tactics where do you want to go
2: with this
3: uh how about emotions because i think one one really cool thing that emma hayes also said was that you know this this was a huge win because this is a nine-year project This is something that she has been working with, with this team, and getting the financial support and backing from the club uh, to be able to do something like this. Obviously, Chelsea built a monster, and people from the outside may say, okay, you guys have Pernell Harder and Sam Kerr, and it's not even fair that Fran Kirby came back in the best form of her career and all of that. Like, you should be great, but no, this team suffered a lot, and Emma Hayes suffered a lot, and she did a lot of growing and a lot of learning uh, throughout all of the all of the years that Chelsea weren't good enough. Um, she always tried, you know, tactically, she tried to recruit players to do this, and it finally came together. So for her, it is extremely emotional. This is something that this team has been, like, this has been her ambition for those nine years, for a very long time. And you just kind of like, can hear it in her voice. And it's so great to hear, You, it's so great to hear her passion. It's great to hear that she is so, you know, extremely committed to this and that she had this vision and that she's being supported in this vision. I mean, this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. This is what that investment looks, looks and feels like. You can tell that this means so much. And I think that this is also like why a lot of the supporters of this club feel so close to this team because we've been along this ride. We, we've watched this project grow. We've watched it fail uh, from time to time. Uh, we've seen Chelsea become, you know, you know, be dominated by, you know, Arsenal in the past in the league. You know, we've seen Manchester City all of a sudden grow. And Chelsea has each time done what was necessary to get on top. And then you get into the Champions League where you've notoriously had struggles and other teams had, you know, better players than you or, you know, you for whatever reason you you had some bad luck or you played a bad game or something. This was huge, 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 huge. And I'm so happy for not only the players that have been here for the majority of this time, but super happy for Emma Hayes who has been trying very hard to make this happen. And it's just like a it's like a it's it's like a, you know, like it gives her like, so much confidence in in what she's been doing. You know, everything that she's been through, that she's been doing the right thing, that she's been trying to build this team the right way. And you can see it. I mean, th- this win, we'll talk about it more, but a win like this over a team like Wolfsburg, who is a perennial Champions League team and deep Champions League team, I and mean, they're either in the semifinal or final every year, to beat them 5-1 on aggregate is awesome. <laughs> like, that is an <laughs> absurd thing. Chelsea excellent point about done.
2: that. Yeah, excellent point. Uh look, I I think the thing that stood up about her quote to me was the there's been lots of waking up in the middle of the night scribbling down notes mm-hmm. about what we need to do. When you are driving towards a goal and and don't quite reach it, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts a lot. I mean, and it's especially for someone as competitive and smart and aware as she is. Um she knows that there's not unlimited time to do all the things that she wants to do. Right. Um, and I think that the belief in her system, the belief in the project, the belief in her players meant that as a, as a boss, as the manager, she could let it out a little bit today. Like that's a job well done. As you said, as you said, I mean, three nil and two, one five, one on aggregate, uh, looking looking the part at this stage, which has not always been the case, right? Um yep. looking like they could go on and, and do it. Uh it's a big step up. And in both both the women's and men's game, the, the Champions League is a step up from the domestic leagues more often yes. than not. I mean, I you know when when Chelsea played Bayern Munich in the in the men's Champions League last year, we looked at each other on the pod <laughs> and we were like, oh my God, this is like <laughs> We we shouldn't be here right now. Like this is not this is not good
3: we enough. We do not belong here.
2: No, no. And it was pretty obvious from like from go right. So yeah. you know this is like you're pushing the rock up the hill. You're pushing the rock up the hill, and you finally get it over that that first real ledge, and now you can take a break and kind of look around a little bit. Uh, I'm really pumped for. her. Job's not done. She'll know that uh yes. but, but really, really proud of her let's talk let's talk about her tactics today because she nailed it and then she continued to uh pinch and press and make sure her players knew what they were supposed to do uh maybe uh Andre, if you could describe some of the in game adjustments a little bit
3: yeah, absolutely, so like like we mentioned, there was you know Chelsea sat back a lot deeper than they had before, you know in the first match, they really do try to do what Chelsea usually does. And that's, you know, press the back line into mistakes. And to our credit, we did get a goal from that, right? So yep. it was effective. But what it also did is stretch the game. And we were, even though we won it 2-1, we as we said last time, we were pretty fortunate to win 2-1. So you could hear Emma Hayes directing a very different style of press. So Chelsea really sat back and kind of let the center backs pass between one another. It's when the ball went into midfield or when the ball got to the flanks that they really tried to press, but not just like run at players. They tried to trap them. You know, you would hear Emma Hayes. And there's this great clip. um, I know we retweeted it on the um, Fran Kirby's Fight Club uh, Twitter account. That's Fran Kirby FC uh, if you want to check that out. But it's a great um, a great video that has subtitles of audio of Emma Hayes shouting to the players and you can hear her telling Sam what to do, you know, you have two here, you have two here, get tight on 15. And then when the ball goes wide, she's telling Pernell Harder, basically get it, get in the passing lane to make sure they funnel the ball to the touchline. And then she's yelling tight, tight, tight. So that everybody comes and presses and makes that, uh, denies that space for a pass to go either in midfield or to the player has to pass it backwards or try something risky. It's just, it's such a great, kind of like window into how good of a manager Emma Hayes is because she, I, I think I retweeted it with like, she's conducting a symphony out there. And that's really to me what it felt like is she's keeping every single player attuned to what they need to do and all playing on the same, on the same page. You would hear her tell Aaron Cuthbert, like as she calls her, as she's like, a as get back, drop back, drop back. Cause she was a little bit too high So trying to get her back so that in midfield, She can press either player that gets the ball, whether it's a central midfielder or it's a fullback. She's telling her to get back in that space so that you can press quickly when they try to advance the ball. It's just like organizing an entire team from the touchline. And yeah, I mean, that's a manager's job, right? But how many times do managers not do that very well? And I, I think there are plenty of examples of that. And so I really think it's really worth your time to find that video and and watch it because it was such a great coordinated effort and the players knew what to do because that's how Emma Hayes coaches them on the pitch too in training. So yeah, she had to kind of construct it a bit based on what Wolfsburg was doing to them, but the players understood and executed it and you can see what it did to Wolfsburg. It completely stopped them from playing like they played in the first leg.
2: Yeah. I mean, look the, the clip, who's the clip by? Let's give him credit on it here. It
3: says uh, OMVA Sports.
2: Yeah, I, you you have to go watch this. It's yeah. it's it's insane, uh, and and it's one of the only small benefits that you get from not having fans in the stands. You you typically wouldn't hear this. Uh, Emma Hayes was incredibly vocal in the first leg. Uh, obviously, um, we we we, <laughs> yeah. we we talked about that a little bit, uh, but this was a whole different deal. And it was especially at the end. I think the thing that I took away was. She yelled at Sam Kerr, going, "I know this is hard. I know this. Yes. is – I know you're tired. You got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. And you know, it's it's that kind of thing that makes you want to run through a brick wall for. Her. I mean, it's it's like you know, she she's going to push you because this is what it takes to win at this level. It's constant. Uh, so look, I, I think we're all just incredibly happy for Emma Hayes. Uh, we we love her. We'd run through a brick wall for her here on this show, and I'm sure on the Frank Kirby Fight Club." And, uh, look, she she deserves every accolade that's coming to her this season, for sure.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I really want to – I think that's an excellent point that she acknowledges to the players. I think that's something that coaches don't do enough is acknowledge the players of what you're asking them to do and the difficulty of it. And her saying, like, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. We need you to do this or whatever was just so, like, on one hand it was pure, but on the other hand it's like – that's how you keep a team motivated, especially in such a tough, tight game. You keep them concentrated, concentrating and understanding that the coach is with you. She understands what she's asking you to do. She's not trying to get you to do anything outside of yourself. She's empathizing with you, but also getting you to be a part of something that is necessary to win the match, to advance, you know, get the result that advances. So it's just like, That was so awesome to see. Like I was just, I I don't know how many times i watched that video, but it's been a lot. And it's just like, that's exactly what I wanted to see and hear because you can watch how the team plays and assume that that's happening, but to hear it is a different story. And it was perfect. It's so good.
2: Well, I mean, we, we referenced Sam Kerr already, so let's let's dive in, right? Um, yes. Look, Sa- Sam Kerr today won an admittedly questionable penalty. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that. Uh, I just ran the game through the channels, uh, put in a lot of work pressing, yes. and then got got what I would term a Drogba-esque goal uh, in the first <laughs> half. I mean, it was a pure power play, holding off a defender, using her body, rolling the defender uh, blasting a shot past the goalkeeper near a post. Th- this was a, uh, again, we look at these legs, right? And it's, it's why you sign Sam Kerr. It's why you sign Pernilla Harder. Th- these are big game players. They know how to play at this level and they are certainly performing at this level. Andre.
3: Yeah. I think I, um, I can't remember if it was the last time I was here, if I, it was on, on a different podcast, but whatever. I'm pretty sure I said it here, is that when Sam Kerr is scoring with her feet, you know that she's at her peak of her powers. And that hasn't always been the case at Chelsea. As we know, she started off, you know, not rough because she was still scoring, but she was missing pretty easy chances. That Sam Kerr has died a long time ago. (laughs) This Sam Kerr is completely different. And this goal was awesome. Like, I was... At first, I was like, OK, that's a, like Chelsea normally play direct, but they don't normally do like uh, defensive midfielder Sophie Ingle right to Sam Kerr's feet in the box. That's a little too direct sometimes, but that's exactly what she did. And she kicked the ball basically to her. Sam Kerr knew what she This is the thing. I, I like how you call out the Drogba S thing, because the thing for me about watching Didier Drogba, which was like, he is my favorite player. This is like no. So I think I have the same story dad, as a whole lot apparently. of Chelsea fans. He's the one that brought me in. I love yeah. that dude. Um, but yeah, and and the your dad. The way that she did that this, your, she knew what she wanted dad. to do. But exactly, he is my father. <laughs> um, but this is this is the thing that I really love is that she knew what she wanted to do before she got the ball. She pinned the defender on her back. She let the ball bounce off her. And Jaguar was famous for doing that. He just uses his chest control, lets the ball bounce off of him. And then he controls it with his feet from there. So she keeps the defender pinned, and she knows she's going to roll that defender because the defender's trying to push against her and shield her away from the goal. And she knows if she takes two touches, she's going to be able to find that space that the defender is giving her because she's trying to push her, but she's not strong enough because Sam Kerr is strong. And it's two touches and then a hit near post right into the net. And there was nothing the keeper could have done to that. The the defender on the other side didn't close quick enough, wasn't going to because the move happened so quickly. And that's kind of like just excellent center forward play. And Drogba did it a ton where you would be like, if you knew that move was coming, you'd be able to stop it. But the fact that it all comes pre-planned and the player just executes it like it's a FIFA animation, there's nothing you can do about that. And that was like, that's the kind of goal that I think has been coming from Sam Kerr for a long time and a hell of a time to score it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the when you watch a team play, they're so free-flowing. They they play so efficiently on the counterattack, right? There are oftentimes so many open spaces for a player to pass into for an easy tap-in or you know, to do whatever. This was in tight quarters. This was yeah. a man on you, a woman on you, right? Uh, you know, directly on your hip. And you have to decide am I going to take this ball? Am I going to lay it off for someone else? Am I going to try and turn and roll and see if I can whip a shot in? And it's a, it's a, I think there's a lot more skill in that than, than a lot of the kind of, Breakaway tap-ins where it's Frank Kirby goalkeeper and and Sam Kerr right and right. Uh, it's not to belittle that play they're obviously doing a great job to get in that position but this was this was a goal that felt like all right I think they're ready for the final like yeah. this is you know if, if you're doing this and if you're if you're kind of on the ascendancy as a player at this moment mm, okay now we're now we're on to something and it's gonna be really hard to play her. If she's in this kind of confidence uh, vein of confidence, I should say, because she does not look like taking any prisoners
3: right now. No, not at all. And this is the Sam Kerr. That, I mean, this is this is why you go get a player like Sam Kerr at the peak of her powers. I mean, she destroyed NWSL for for a number of years before she finally came over to Chelsea. And it was really that Emma Hayes knew that that's the type of player we would need to rely on in the Champions League. And mm-hmm. that's why we got her. Um you know, obviously got Pernell Harder for the same reason, which obviously hurts Wolfsburg. Sorry, you guys don't have her anymore. Uh she did score the penalty from uh Sam Kerr's rather dubious fall in in the box, on the edge of the box, just outside the box. Yeah,
2: it's outside the box. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was definitely outside of the box. Just a little outside the box, but she made up for it anyway by scoring and was like, you know, whatever. But you know, that's 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 just kind of what happens. But yeah, you get. You get Sam Kerr for moments like this. Um, I don't know how many strikers, how many forwards can score a goal like that. You know, you have a you're able to pin a a center back on your back like that, receive the ball with your back to goal and have it in the back of the net within a span of one, one and a half seconds, maybe Um, absurd. That's really hard to do. And if she's scoring goals like that, in addition to, like Nick said, with the other free-flowing way that Chelsea like to play and they're going to be able to create chances from their press, I really don't know what you do with that. Like, And that was the weird thing about this match is I really expected Wolfsburg to score, and they did not.
2: Came close, but but didn't quite did. get it over. Um, well, I mean, you, you can rarely mention Sam Kerr without talking about Frank Kirby. Um, <laughs> admittedly, I think by design, a more muted Frank Kirby uh, performance, right? Uh, she she largely played out on the wing, swapped in, as you said earlier, with Pernilla Hardo on on the right-hand side, uh, but ended up getting her goal uh, anyway. Yeah. And and this was another, you know, brilliant win back in midfield. Uh Giselle Union had come on uh, later in the game and played a delicious ball into the – I mean, just on a plate um, yeah. for Frank Kirby to – to whip it into the goal, this was this was number three, and it was game over. And while I in, I don't know if she would have been player of the match, I, I think it's just this continuation of her player of the season story. Uh, it is incredible that Sam. We we just spent ten minutes talking about Sam Kerr, and and the player of the year in my mind is Frank Kirby, uh, who is just on an absolute tear in every facet of her game right now. And Andre, I mean, you, you look at her, this is a person who was uh, unable to do anything last year and has now come back roaring, uh, in, in 2021. Uh, What do you do to stop her if she's on?
3: Nothing. I, I, I think you, I think you see some sort of, um, um, back alley priest, uh, and you try to find mm. some sort of, some sort of black magic you, you collect, you, maybe you get a voodoo doll. I really don't know. I really don't know what you do to stop this Fran Kirby. You know, like you said last year, she was out all season. I think she made four appearances, uh, because she was struggling with pericarditis, which is a heart condition really bad. I should look that up. It's not great. Um, and that she's come back in this form and I've like, I don't even, I stopped referring to her as Fran Kirby now she is God mode Fran Kirby because that's how she's been playing. She is on an unbelievable tear. This is the best form of her career. I don't know who in the world has a heart condition that lasts like months and months and months and then comes back better than they've ever been. I have no idea what that is. I'm so thankful to see it. She's an incredible person and definitely read up on her story. She has a hell of a story even beyond last year. She is, She's been through a lot and overcome a lot. But like... She is on it. She's unreal. I mean, having especially now that she had a very different role, you know, like we mentioned, she was playing in that wide right on that in that kind of that 4-4-2. So really her job was to really help out defensively, give Jess Carter some cover on right at the right back mm-hmm. position, which we'll talk about a little later. But then she still has the legs and the desire to score a goal like she scored. And I really think it was one of like Ji So first touches <laughs> in the game just happens to be an assist to Fran Kirby. But you can really tell how, how those players are used to playing with one another over the years because they knew exactly what they were going to do. And as soon as Fran Kirby recovers that ball in midfield and is able to find Jisoo Yeun up in kind of like that, that half, half space of like a, a 10 space, she kind of peels off and does this run. to the. And I was like, when the, when the Wolfsburg player didn't follow her, I, was, I just said goal. <laughs> Nobody was in the living room with me. I just said goal. Because if you don't track her, she's that quick. And she's going to hold on to that ball like she did. And she's going to slide it perfectly like she did to Fran Kirby, who's going to be one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And she's not missing that. So she also nutmegged her, which was amazing. So Mm. I appreciate a good nutmeg goal. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's really hard to say enough about Fran Kirby. I would just say, like, if you're interested, please go read about her story. I've written about it. Um, I know a number of other writers have written about her story. And just watching her continue to dominate this season has been remarkable. Like I don't even it's like, I'm going to have to write about it again, maybe a month or two after the season is over, just so I can get my head around, like get full perspective of what she's doing. Cause in the middle of it, I'm just in awe.
2: Wow. And and you think back to the Conti cup final where it was, it was just goals and assists for fun. Um, (laughs) You know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. And, there, there has to be some sort of petition out there to get more coverage about Frank Kirby uh, by, yes. by everybody.
3: Um, We're working on it. Major <laughs> and minor
2: publications everywhere. Pick her, a, yes. pick her story up. Uh, transitioning to Jess Carter, uh, who yes. I know you want to talk about, right? This is yes. the now third choice right back, former yep. Young Player of the Year, uh, yep. coming into a, a match after injury and suspension and coming in not having played a whole lot, Right, I mean, it's no. coming in from the cold a little bit. Uh, thoughts and feelings.
3: Yeah, coming in from the cold a lot of it. <laughs> I mean, Jess Carter it does not play much for Chelsea, and it honestly it's a little it's a little discouraging. Um, it's just really difficult to do. Um, she was kind of the backup, you know, fullback for Miel- Marin Mielda and John Anderson, but then all of a sudden, Nia Charles shows up, and she she proves to be a pretty amazing right back. And so she kind of jumped her in the depth chart in no time. And, you know, Jess Carter's been here for years and she's never been a consistent um, starter for the team. And that probably feels a little, you know, frustrating for her. I, I am sure that on a personal level, not personal level, but on just a, if we look at her career, not her, but if we look at her career, you probably say her development has been, you wonder how much her development's been stalled by kind of just always sitting on the bench at Chelsea, but to from to go from that to getting this opportunity, especially in this kind of match, as we well documented, Chelsea struggles against Wolfsburg in the Champions League, and to have to perform in this match and do pretty well, I was very happy for her. You know, the first half was not great. It took her a while to get her feet under her. They really targeted her, which we all expected them to do. You know, you get a third choice right back on any team. That's where you should try to go. And Wolfsburg's whole thing in leg one was to overload the fullbacks. Well, you have a third-string fullback. That's the one you're going to overload. And so there were chances that came from that flank a couple times. I think Eva Pajor had the best one of the match. She, I don't know how she missed it. That was on the same level as if you watched uh, Germany lose to North Macedonia today. Oh, uh, that was okay. on the level of Timo Werner's miss. Please, it, was, it was harder yes. because she had to slide. But uh and, and Werner didn't. He just stood up and kicked the ball out of play for some reason. Um, But, yeah, it was difficult in the first half. In the second half, though, she grew into the game. I don't know what Emma Hayes told her at halftime, but I'm going to go ahead because we heard Emma Hayes previously. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say Emma Hayes did something there mm. because she was a very different player in the second half. She caught up to the speed of the game. She made multiple interceptions, and her positioning was great. She headed a, a few balls out of the box, a few crosses out of the box, which we didn't see at all, I think, in the first. She kind of stayed on her wing, and when a player got by her, she didn't really know what to do, but she was able to tuck inside and get herself positioned in a in a way where she was able to repel Wolfberg's attacks. So, like, shout out to her for stepping up in this match, because it was not easy, and it couldn't have been easy given how her career has gone, but... I mean, this team, man. <laughs> this team. If we, need uh, a third, I mean, if we need a third string right back to do it, sure, why not? It
2: it, it felt more mental than physical, right? It, yeah. it was like, okay, the game's fast. I'm playing a really good team. Yeah. Maybe maybe it wasn't at my best in the first half. Fair enough, right? But uh, there there is no doubt that there was a little stirring of the drink um, at, <laughs> at at halftime, if you will, and. I think she got more aggressive, which is good, right? Yeah. You know, I think you know. Some sometimes when you're maybe not mentally as sharp, you, you're not as aggressive as you would be otherwise because you're having to think while you're doing. Yeah. She I looked it looked less like that in the second half. She looked far more aggressive, far more confident. Certainly is is a, an asset on uh, on set pieces and her ability to jump and head balls out. Um, that's not everyone on the team for sure, so it's it was great to see <laughs> yeah. that. Um, and it just. I don't know it it reminds you that there are stories everywhere on this team and it doesn't take a whole lot to to find them <laughs> really yeah um so look I you just hope she gets a run out now right I think yeah. that's the the next stage for her is like does she play at the weekend right and maybe does yeah. someone like Neem Charles advance into Frank Kirby's spot and get a little bit of time up front <laughs> right and maybe you yeah. know get get these players some time that they need because certainly without Marin Mielda now it's one of those two. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that is that is the thing. I mean, players are going to have to step up. We obviously hate having that injury, but this is kind of what it is, you know, and players have to figure out how they can perform for the team in Mielda's place and figure out what they actually can bring to the team that maybe Mielda couldn't. And, you know, like we mentioned last pod, Neve Charles and those passes, Melda plays nice passes, you know, up the wing sometimes, but she hasn't done what? Like she, she gets up up high she gets high pretty often and, and sends in crosses. But she hasn't made plays from her own half very often, like Nate Charles did, uh, particularly against Everton. Uh, and Jess Carter can find her thing too, that kind of makes her stand out. And like you mentioned, I do think it's you know heading balls away, being able to time those jumps and, and knock those balls out. Uh, particularly from crosses is something that she can definitely do that she can add to her game instead of kind of, we really rely on like Millie Bright and Magda Erickson to do that. (laughs) We don't really have any other player that gets to the ball. And thankfully Millie Bright is like a missile. So she usually finds a way to get her head to the ball, but I know she appreciated Jess Carter getting those balls out before she even had to move. So I just impressive from, from the whole team, but particularly Jess Carter in the second half. The, the other
2: substitute into the game is kind of where we'll we'll, we'll begin to wrap this one up, which is Erin Cuthbert, a uh, friend of the pod, Erin Cuthbert, um, <laughs> a person that we've had a, a, the pleasure of interviewing, a wonderful soul, a firecracker on the pitch. Uh, she's as if you lined up about a mile worth of black cats and you don't know which way <laughs> they're going to go. Um, you know, she, she is just, she's top tier, uh, has not had as much playing time this year, right? I mean, there's... Yeah. There's a lot of talent and there's a lot of competition for places on this team um, and is very, very comfortable on the wings uh, doing both, uh, you know, the offensive work and some of the dirty defensive work, which is, you know, you talked about Joanna Anderson earlier, maybe didn't have the best game in the first leg against Wolfsburg. So this seemed to me like a little bit of protection and also an outlet for Anderson to kind of get the ball upfield.
3: Yeah, protection was huge. I think that was really it. Like we mentioned, Wolfsburg really likes to overload the wings. And, you know, in the first leg, they tried Neve Charles and it didn't work. She stood up to it. So they went over to Yana Anderson and they had a really good, they were effective. Mm -hmm. And Emma Hayes knew that she needed to do something about that. And so she put a terrier over there (laughs) in Aaron Cuthbert and... It really Scottish works. Terrier. <laughs> Scottish Terrier. Correct. We have Scottish to say terrier. Scottish Terrier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the wee lad, uh, Aaron Cuthbert. Um, yeah, she, she's, such a, she's still so young. That's the wild thing to me about her is every time I talk about how good Aaron Cuthbert is, it really like shocks me that she's still only 22. That's absurd. She feels like she's been around forever, but she's still only 22, and she's capable of performances like this and only going to get better. I mean, there was... <laughs> It was almost unfair like it, Wolfsburg was expecting to be able to do some of the same things that they did in the first leg and just with that one little move of putting aaron cuthbert in midfield and then how emma hayes directed her to to press and what she needed to do to cover and make sure that flank was covered it was just it was awesome and it was great to see that you know john anderson could focus you know on on you know better defense i her job was just made a little bit simpler Instead of having to worry about three players running at her, she was able to worry about one. And John Anderson's a good left back. She can handle that. It was just the overload that was really killing that side of the pitch. And Aaron Cuthbert completely neutralized it. And that was her job. And she did it brilliantly.
2: Yeah, look, uh, Aaron Cuthbert, uh, when we interviewed her, was 20 years old and was talking about her football journey. And me with all my gray hairs over here were like... <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's great. Um 20 years old. Uh, now she's 22 and <laughs> I look I, again another player that you just root for. You uh, you hope, hope get some chances especially as Chelsea hopefully um ease their way into a league title and uh and hopefully have a uh, a few more matches to to give out this year, but um she also Aaron Cuthbert, you know, getting her her master's degree and apparently is working on media uh, as a as a next specialty, which I thought was very interesting, Lee Parker, she's coming for you. He's okay, coming for your job. She's coming for you. Uh, she <laughs> did she did the uh, the funny kind of post game uh, interview uh, with pranilla Harder. This was all over Chelsea FC W's channels. All you know, all after the match. Uh, she is such a personality, and in a game that I think needs more personalities to help it grow, right? She is she's absolutely hilarious. Her accent is thick as a brick. I like it's 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 amazing. Tough to understand, but boy, <laughs> but boy is it fun. I I think that a lot of people are going to start watching this team and go, "Oh man, they're fun. They're yeah. interesting. They they have a bunch of really talented players." Yes, but they're also unique and they look like they're friends and you know they're having a good time with each other and and i think that andre like it's a little thing and it's an extra thing on top of all the other bullshit you have to deal with as a professional athlete but uh this to me is is one way to help kind of grow the game
3: yeah absolutely i mean like you mentioned there are, like there were a lot of casualties in in the chelsea team with the kind of players they brought in aaron cuthbert was one of them so was google wrighton Girl Wrighton's a hilarious personality. She's extremely funny. Aaron Cuthbert's the same way. Aaron Cuthbert and Sam Kerr are always joking with each other, always in like Chelsea's social media, kind of like laughing with one another, making jokes. Either Sam Kerr is putting some weird like Snapchat filter on her or something. Like they've all they have a great connection because they're really good personalities. And Aaron Cuthbert has that ability to be funny. And and jokey, she has that ability to come in after not playing as much, nearly as much as she did last season, and do a job on Wolfsburg in the Champions League quarterfinal. And then, if people remember the 2019 World Cup, she also had this really great moment where she scored for Scotland and she pulled out a picture of herself of of her of her small herself as a kid. She pulled it out of her um, shin pad uh, shin guard and and kissed it and held it up, and it was. The story behind that was that it was a conversation she had with her father um, before the World Cup. And he told her, you know, I'm going to quote here. This is what she said. She said, he said to me, I know how much you say you do it for us, but you have to do it for yourself. And he wrote this inscription on the back of the picture that she pulled out of her shin guard. Do it for this wee girl who had a dream and practiced and practiced until it came true. I mean, if your heart's not melting right now and if you're not like the biggest Aaron Cuthbert fan right now, I don't know if you're a lot. Check your pulse, honestly. Like, like this team is full of amazing stories and amazing people. And honestly, that is what Emma Hayes says she recruits, and it shows.
2: Absolutely. Um, look, she, she is one of our options for player of the match. Yes. Mm, fair enough. The other options are Sam Kerr uh, won a penalty, uh, scored a goal. Magda Aaron's Magda Eriksson with an incredible goal line clearance uh we have yes. to say and just yes. general captainship um she she just <laughs> Thank you captain. Yeah, thank you. Uh and then Jess Carter. why? because yeah, absolutely. She she has to be in there. Uh what what are your story. thoughts on this? Th- this is uh this is an interesting one, right? We, we didn't find an official player of the match anywhere, uh, and I don't know if they actually gave one out. <laughs> I don't know if the UEFA is being dodgy about that now or whatever. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, are, are you going Kerr? Or are you going Cuthbert? What, what's your What's your read?
3: Uh, I think Jess Carter's a good story, but she had a shaky first half, so I don't think you can be player of the match. I think Magda Erickson was mm-hmm. very important, and I think same, same deal with Aaron Cuthbert, but I really think it's just Sam Kerr, the, the form that she's in. How the team really, like like we mentioned, the team played differently. They played compact, which they don't normally do. They usually want to run out and press you and turn you over and have like the attack, all those attack, all that attacking talent flying at you up the pitch. That's not what they did. And they were able to execute that and win 3-0 because they had Sam Kerr, who led, directly led to, scored one goal and led with another, with a penalty that was a penalty. (laughs) The referee called it a penalty, so it was a penalty. <laughs> it, it's but, officially but yeah, a penalty. It, correct. It it was an official penalty that was called. That is what happened. Um, yeah, for me, it's Sam Kerr. She was excellent.
2: Can't argue with that. I mean, you just you can't. Um, look, we're gonna we're gonna end this one on a strong note here. The the Chelsea women on an absolute tear right now. Right. Uh, next up for Chelsea. Uh, They host Birmingham City in the WSL on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. Uh, Birmingham City, currently ninth in the uh, WSL table. Have not won a match in five at least. Um, I think it might actually be more than that. Chelsea, turns out quite good. Um, Have won five in a row. Um, Sit on top of the table only by two points over Man City. Uh, 47 points to Man City's 45 Gold diff is super close, uh, 46 for, for Chelsea, 44 for City. These are clearly the two best teams in the league, especially after Manchester United went on their weird little tear uh, early in the season. Um, that, that seems to be kind of fading off pretty quickly now. Uh, Arsenal uh, in their favored position of fourth. Uh, just loving <laughs> that. That's pretty great. Everton, Brighton, and Hove Albion, Reading, Tottenham, Birmingham City, Bristol City, Villa, and West Ham. Um, not looking good for the Hammers down there at the very <laughs> bottom. So um, that's Sunday. And then I know you're all waiting for the semifinal. That's all that matters, right? Now. We're just all kind of eyes on the big prize here. Uh, the semifinal will likely be against Bayern Munich, although if, if yeah. Rosengard can pull off <laughs> a, a four-goal <laughs> thriller tomorrow, that will be that will be something.
3: I'm uh, rooting but, for him
2: yeah (laughs) come on Rosengard um that'll happen April 24th or the 25th and the second leg would be the next week May 1st or May 2nd so we have about a month now before the semifinals so let's hope that Chelsea stay in red hot form Andre um thank you for for joining us on this emergency edition just we had to sound the alarm bells we had to get the expert (laughs) in thanks for joining us man
3: yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for having me again. I thought it was uh, it was such a fun day, and I was really ready to talk to talk about the match anyway. So I have plenty to say. High <laughs> energy. Let's
2: go. Where where can the people find your work?
3: Uh, you find me on Twitter at not underscore Carlisle. Uh, I also uh, host Fran Kirby's Fight Club, so that's on Twitter at uh, Fran Kirby FC. You can also search on whatever podcast platform for Fran Kirby's Fight Club. Um yeah, I'm sure I left some stuff out but whatever. You can find it all on my bio.
2: Writer <laughs> over at Wagon.
3: Yeah, there you go. We ain't got no history. I do write about the team. Both teams, the men's and the women's team, uh there and yeah, stuff, things. Twitter. Stuff whatever. and things. Yeah.
2: Folks, he does stuff <laughs> and things and that's the really important point. <laughs> uh look, there's lots to celebrate right now. Chelsea women crushing it, Chelsea men back in action this weekend. Um, look, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.